Well, good day to you, Larry here, hope you're well. Sunday, the 27th of May, 2018, and it being Sunday, that means it's Sunday Letters. Sunday Letters is the weekly newsletter I put together, uh, weekly article I put together for my readers and bang it out to them on email. That's about all you'll get from me in general terms. I might send you the odd um, email relating to something else, maybe a book I've written or otherwise, but generally Sunday Letters is the is the one email that I send people every week. And uh, on the Daily Larb here, the show you're listening to, uh, I narrate that article uh, for you to listen to. And then paste in the the uh, player, um, the audio player, into the article, and you can either listen or read or both at the same time. And uh, today's Sunday Letters article uh, topic is related to language and words and speaking, communication. Uh, it's a very interesting subject for me. And, well, I suppose given that I use words to communicate uh, in audio format and written format, it's uh, central to uh, what I do and... Uh, I don't know why I like to do it, I just do it, and uh, it feels right to me, so I keep doing it. And uh, one particular word in question kind of uh, interests me, and I want to talk about that word in just a bit. But I recall maybe a couple of years ago, I can't remember exactly when, but um, the gravity of the inadequacy of language to be able to communicate what it is I want to say uh, hit home one night as I was sitting in my bed. I had my back against the headboard. I was sitting up. I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I was reading or writing something, possibly writing something. I tend to do a little bit of writing at night in bed, just notes and uh, comments to myself and thoughts down in paper. And uh, I was sitting there and was having a bit of a conversation with my wife. Or maybe was it that I thought about having a conversation and then I stopped myself because it occurred to me that words were completely inadequate at being able to describe what it is I wanted to describe. And this is a, this is a problem everybody experiences. Um, Jack Lacan talks about uh, uh, the unconscious uh, or language being a um, metaphor for the unconscious or the, the unconscious being structured like a language insofar as you don't know what it is somebody is saying until they reach the end of the sentence and then at the end they hit the end of the sentence you know that you can that you, you do it automatically you know you all of the words then make sense or maybe they don't but you kind of retrospectively uh look at the sentence or listen to what they say or analyze what they say and then figure out what they mean and all of this stuff happens so quickly you know but invariably in that communication between you and me something is lost you know or something is never actually articulated uh, in the right way because you know we have all these filters set up you know we've these cultural filters and societal filters and and uh, they get in the way of our communication and our explanation now it's okay if you happen to uh, uh, occupy a particular group where the certain rules and dynamics and uh, uh, and preset notions and ideas about how you should interact and about what's true right and proper and that allows you to communicate effectively. But when you enter a new group or two groups come together, it can be can be very uh, disruptive and, and sometimes aggressive, you know. And what kind of, I suppose what's brought this up for me recently was the whole yes-no thing in, in terms of the abortion debate that was going on here. Ireland, incidentally, have 
voted for uh, to remove Article 40.3.3 from the Constitution, which essentially uh, gave rights to the right to life to the unborn and equally to the mother. And it caused all kinds of problems. And uh, anyway, I won't get into that now. There's a last, there's a couple of episodes I've done recently on the topic, but uh, there was, it was it was interesting to see how that all played out and how both the yes and the no side uh, used the same um, examples and same real life scenarios to drive home their point, and uh, how some people interpreted what was communicated from the no side in a particular way and others interpreted it in a whole other way and it was just all this craziness going on, right? And people trying to get their message across and they couldn't get it across and some people did get it across and some people were so focused on a yes or a no that they failed to see the significance of the opposite side and the argument of the opposite side. And um, it occurred to me the other day as I was climbing up a ladder to screw in a screw or something, I don't know what I was doing, that... Surely to God, there would be a much better solution arrived at if both sides were less hell-bent, or heaven-bent, whatever way you want to put it, on on driving home their own ideology and, and meanings and ideas about how this should play out. And if they came together and discussed and recognised each other's position and said, OK, well, how do we make this work? How can we possibly make this work that women have the right to choose and also that we protect the, the the lives of the unborn and so it's not this crazy free-for-all i don't mean to be flippant about it but anyway let's get off the topic of abortion but it's very interesting how how language is never really adequate enough and that particular night as i sat in the bed and thought about saying something to my wife and then came back before i even said a word i, I realized you know Words are completely ineffective, completely inefficient at explaining what it is that's going on in me. And, okay, you can use tone, you can use uh, volume, you can use, you can add more aggression to your to your tone, you can be softer in your delivery, you can allow your uh, voice to dip and rise and in order to communicate a message. You see it on the news all the time. Have you ever watched the news or listened to the news on the radio? I don't think the announcers uh, of the news and the presenters of the news really understand the significance of uh, why they say things in a particular way. Maybe some do, but when they deliver the, the information, it's it has a particular tone to it. And if you hear them speaking, these people speaking normally, um, in normal conversation, they sound like different people, completely different. And the news is delivered in a particular way in, in order to uh, have a particular gravity with you and me. Like my sister reads the news. I don't know, does she still read the news? I know she did on some of the radio news stations. And I'm listening to it, and I know it's her because I recognise certain tones, right? But I'm listening sometimes and I'm going, is that really her? Because it's not, to me, although it is, at the same time, it isn't, you know? And uh, words and language are uh, inadequate. I wrote an article on it a while ago at delivering what it is I want to say and what it is you want to say. But we do our best. It's all we have at the moment. I think there's more efficient ways of doing it. Sometimes more can be said by a look or by silence than can be said with words, you know. But there's one word in particular... 
I want to uh, talk about today. And that is the word fuck. It's quite an emotive word for some people. For me, I use it a bit when I talk here on the podcast and when I write. And sometimes it doesn't go down very well. Uh, I wrote an article about fuck on Medium. I don't know what what publication I published it on, but I wrote it because I was sick and tired of people writing articles and putting asterisks in there instead of the letters and um, leaving out words. And, and some people use it gratuitously. I don't necessarily... Like, like there's, there's less weight and less gravity to something when it's used gratuitously it, and you can see it. It's like, really? You know, there's, there's no meaning and there's no depth in it, you know? If you're going to say, for fuck's sake, will you just... Well, then say it. If you're going to say, hey, you, fuck off, right? Well, then say it, you know, and mean it. And when you don't mean it, when you're using it to evoke a response from somebody, it's a bit disingenuous and you feel, ah, you know, when you, when you read it, it's like, ah, you know, that doesn't mean nothing to me. Or, or But when you, when you say it and you mean it and, and it comes from somewhere, you use it for a particular purpose, well, then go ahead and use it. I believe you should use it. I use it on, on the audio here and the uh, podcast and writing articles uh, because um, it's right for me at that particular time and someone pulled me up on that well two people did in the last I don't know it's not very often but occasionally they do and a couple of people pulled me up on that before one one guy I know pretty well pulled me up on it and said oh I like your content but it's a pity you use the word you use bad language because uh, it takes from it like what the fuck seriously get off the bleeding stage and then some other bloke uh said it to me in an article I wrote online uh, a little while ago um, that, you know, he was disturbed by the fact that I'd used it so much. Um, and my my answer was, well, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, it was right for me to use it at the time, and so I use it. I don't use it to get a response from you. I use it because I feel it's right, because it, it makes sense for me. So I use it. And recently... Um, I just started a a writing course with the Irish Writer Centre and uh, uh, the guy who's delivering the course um, said in his uh, introduction to the course, you know, we're talking about writing and emotion and we're talking about uh, how to deliver, you know, realistic content and make the reader believe that what you're saying is, is actually true, that they get lost in the story and how not to use bad language so called bad language is is what why would you not use it you know it's it's he says it's a, it's a vital component and that kind of gave me permission that gave me that kind of gave me uh i can't think of a word it 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 allowed me to kind of relax about it a little bit more because when you read uh contemporary literature you know realism and uh you know like real life stuff like modern today people the interaction of people and conversation of people that's what they use they use the word fuck they use uh they use a lot more <laughs> they use a lot more than that too but uh, i'm not going to bring them up here because they're not right they're not right for me to talk about right now but other language is used in common dialogue between between people and not to use that in uh dialogue in a story is uh is flawed because that's not representative of real life you know and some people get all caught up in a knot about the word fuck when they read it and um, they get caught up in 
in the in the badness of it or the wrongness of it because of I don't know some kind of social institution or some kind of social ideal about what you can say publicly, you know. And people on the on the TV when you when you see uh, interviews, let's say uh, the Late Show or the Late Late Show or something like that, and a guest use uses fuck in a conversation, the presenter gets all uptight, you know, and you might you might kind of sense a few shrieks from the audience, and I think that's weird, you know. That's weird. Why wouldn't he use it? You know, there's certain social uh, situations where it can be used and other social situations where it can't. But I think I use it because I want to use it. And if it offends you, well, then that's your problem. But that's not real life. People use it. So I got looking into this whole thing, this word, and and um, where it comes from, you know. And uh, I found this... Uh, this website, uh, uh, etymology, okay, the meaning of words, or the the not the meaning of words, but the origin of words, and where they come from. So I want to read a little bit of that from you, for you here. It seems to go back quite a bit. Um, let me just uh, read this for you here. To have sexual intercourse with transitive until recently a difficult word to trace in usage, in part because it was omitted as taboo by the editors of the original. Oxford English Dictionary, when the F entries were compiled, 1893 to 97. Uh, Johnson also had excluded the word, and fuck wasn't in a single English language dictionary from 1795 to 1965. The Penguin Dictionary broke the taboo in the latter year. Uh, Houghton Mifflin followed in 1969 with the American Heritage Dictionary, but it also published a clean green edition without the word to assure itself access to public high school market. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Why would you do that? It's like we've got so many hang-ups about words. Um, written from the attest, written form attested from at least early 16th century Oxford English Dictionary 2nd edition cites 1503 in the form fuck it. That's with two Ks. And the earliest attested appearance of current spelling is 1535. Uh, presumably it is a more ancient word, but not, but one not written in the kind of texts that have survived from the Old English or Middle English. Uh, book cites proper name John Lefucker from 1278, but the surname could have other explanations. The word apparently is hinted at in Scurrilous 15th century poem, uh, The Flen Flies, written in Bastard Latin and Middle English. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so there's another uh, explanation for the word. Um, let me see. Uh, chronology and phonology rule out Shipley's attempt, blah, blah, blah. There's another one that says it's, it, it's derivative from uh, maybe uh, Norwegian or... Uh, Swedish language. Where is that? Let me see here. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Fuck was outlawed in print in England and the US uh, and the US by the Comstock Act, 1873. That's nuts. And the word continued in common speech, whoever. Okay, talks about World War One there as well. Um, there was a little bit here I read about it being taken from... Um, Germanic words of similar nature, chronology and phrenology rule. Okay, anyway, uh, 
it's it means intercourse or to and fro and some say it's it, it's der- derived from uh, germanic words right um some say it comes from uh, words used in the uh, norwegian language or whatever but anyway it's an ancient word it's been there for a long time generally it means having sex with but uh, interestingly enough it can have so many other meanings and uh uh, I'm going to play for you a piece of audio now. It's This is hilarious. Well, the first time I heard it was hilarious. And uh, interestingly enough, um, another reason why this has come uh, to me and why I wanted to do a little episode on this was because I'm watching on Netflix a program, uh, a series called Wild Wild Country. I think it's Wild Wild Country. And it talks about this dude from India, this guru called... Uh, it follows the life of this guru... Um, uh, Bhagwan Rajneesh and uh, he's now known as Osho and he brought his followers from India over to Oregon and they created this commune in Oregon and there was fucking uproar right there was wasn't murder but it came very close uh, between the Rajneeshis which were in their thousands who took over this uh, this little town in Oregon uh, and the locals and the state of Oregon and it was huge right so the dude was eventually uh, kicked out of the states had to go back to India and the commune died a death but it's a really interesting program and there's a little audio clip that I want to play for you now there's a video on YouTube you can do a search for it and this is Osho or Bhagwan Rajneesh talking about the word fuck check it out one of the most interesting words in the English language today is the word fuck. It is a magical word. Just by its sound it can describe pain, pleasure, hate and love. In language, it falls into many grammatical categories. It can be used as a verb, both transitive. (laughs) John fucked Mary and intransitive, Mary was fucked by John. And as a noun, Mary is a fine fuck. It can be used as an objective. Mary is fucking beautiful. As you can see, there are not many words with the versatility of fuck. Besides the sexual meaning, there are also the following uses. Ignorance, fucked if I know. Trouble, I guess I'm fucked now. Fraud, I got fucked at the used car lot. Aggression. Fuck you. Displeasure. 
what the fuck is going on here? Difficulty. I can't understand this fucking job. Incompetence. He is a fuck off. Suspicion. What the fuck are you doing? Enjoyment. I had a fucking good time. Request. Get the fuck out of here. Hostility. I am going to knock your fucking head off. Greeting. How the fuck are you? Apathy. Who gives a fuck? Innovation. Get a bigger fucking hammer. Surprise. Fuck. You scared the shit out of me. Anxiety. Today is really fucked. And it is very healthy too. If every morning you do it as a transcendental meditation, just when you get up, First thing, repeat the mantra, fuck you five times, it clears your throat too. Hilarious, isn't it? Uh, it is for me anyway, the first time I heard that I cracked up. But uh, we really have too many hang-ups about words, you know. And um, I, I kind of draw on the example of uh, uh, jam, because it's an easy one. Um, when I say jam, what do you think of? You know, you could think of possibly the jar that sits in your cupboard or in your fridge. Uh, it could be raspberry dram, jam in it. It could be a round jar. It could be like, uh, I don't know, it could be a square-shaped jar. It could have a black lid or a gold lid. It could be a big jar or a small jar. Uh, the jam could be, it could be marmalade you're thinking of. It could be that little packet that you get when you buy a scone, you know. You could think of a coffee shop. It's like... If I say jam, it's like you could you could think of a pot on the stove with jam in it that you made at home. You could think of your grandmother. You could think of going picking strawberries to make strawberry jam. There's so many places you can go when I say jam. Think about jam, you know. And you you know, and I you know I know that when I say jam, that's not the stuff that you get in the jar. It's not the sugary stuff, you know. It's, that's not what it is. That sugary stuff made from fruit in the jar or not in the pot on the stove that your granny used to make or whatever that's what it is you know it, it is that and there's no describing it there's no getting to the bottom of it you can never describe the jam you can do your best but everybody else has a different representation of that they say dog what do you think of you know you can think of a big dog a small dog a hairy dog a short haired dog 
You could think of an aggressive dog. If you've got a fear of dogs, you can think of friendly dogs. You could think of getting your face licked. You could think of that time when you were a kid and your mum and dad bought you a puppy. You can think of so many places you can go when I say a word, you know. And this is the thing, you see. It's never absolute. It's never absolute. The universe is never absolute. It's never finished. It can never be defined absolutely. The universe is not binary. I said that before. It's not a simple series of ones and zeros. And science is guilty. The the incessant analysis of things and our need to find out what stuff is made of, you know. It it never gets to it. Never has, never will. It's never finished. It's never over. It can never be done. That which goes on in the unconscious, that which is unconscious and unknowable, attempting to be known, it's never finished. That's what it's all about. That's what this life is. That's what language is. Language is an attempt by the unconscious to be known to itself. The, the attempt, that's what Lacan said, and I buy into it, absolutely. It's never complete. And this life we live, this this body I inhabit, or if I happen to inhabit, this body that is an expression of me, you know, and how it communicates with you is never finished and can never be complete. You know, it's an attempt by something unknowable. Some people call it God. Religionists call it God. Uh, and then science comes in. You've got these radical sci- uh, scientific minds, uh, radical kind of uh, anti-religionists, atheists, radical atheists, who uh, believe believe in the non-existence of God as much as the religionists believe in God. So so gone to the other side, you know, well then they have become exactly what they attempt to destroy, you know, and fail to see that none of this is finished and that the the interpretation of the individual is valid. The interpretation, the expression of the unconscious in the individual, consciously in the world, be it in religion, be it in science, be it in uh, naturalistic endeavours, be it in music and poetry and art, being in tax returns and sweeping the street or driving your car or fighting or killing someone or loving someone or abortion or marriage or gay rights or or dropping bombs on people or pursuit of success, whatever that happens to be. All of this fucking stuff that we're doing, all of this, every bit of it, is an expression of the unconscious trying to be fucking known to itself. And when I say, when I use the word fuck or a derivative of it, that's that's me trying to communicate with you, trying to express that something that goes on within me out here in the world. That's why I record. That's why I write, you know, because it's important to me. This is what I want to do and I'm doing it right now. There's no tomorrow. There's no yesterday. None of that exists. All there is is now, this moment that we're in and what it is you're doing. And whatever it is you are, whatever it is I am, is always trying to be known to itself, you know. And when you and me are dropped in here into the world, we go from the place that we come from, from inside our mothers. It's like human beings are fractals. I spoke about that before. I spoke about uh, Benoit Mandelbrot. He... Uh, it's famous for um, his discovery in mathematics, the Mandelbrot set. Google it. 
uh, where am I going with this? Oh yeah, uh, human beings are fractals. We are an expression of this fractal thing, this continuous bop, 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 bop. And every time it goes bop, one of you or me pops into the world and then we go bop, 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 or whatever, you know, bop it, bop it, bop it, bop it, or some derivative of that speeds up and it slows down and we use the word fuck and we use other words people get so hung up on the words you know people are so concerned with what you do aren't they you know it's like they get so hung up and tell you don't fucking do that i was i was leaving um uh brought me little girl to do gymnastics this morning she's just started and uh, we're leaving the car park and on one side of the road the left hand side is a barrier and on the right hand side there's a barrier and there's this board in front of me in the car and she's she she stopped at the barrier and she's kind of positioned funny on the road. She's got a learner sticker up. And the right hand side, which is cars coming in, and we're on the left, and the barrier is up to let cars in, and she's parked in front of this barrier and she's sticking her hands up in the air as if to say, I don't know, I can't get out, what I can't I don't know what to do. And the fucking barrier is up on the right, just drive around it and go out, you know? And we get so caught up in these rules, you know. Uh, and she was so caught up in the rule that you, you have to go drive on this side of the road the barrier is down she was lost she was lost she didn't know what to do and uh, we can get lost sometimes in these words that we use you know like don't get too open and not about words like fuck because really they're just they're just words you can use them as Bagwan said earlier on it's such a versatile word you can use it in whatever way you want to use it and I think you should you know and uh, all we'll ever try to do here is express ourselves the best way we can. So, you know, I suppose the only question you have to ask yourself is, what are you? You know? And uh, if you're not too caught up on results, well, then you can be free enough to express yourself any way you want. And uh, I think that's important. Because um, otherwise, what are you doing? You're just getting caught up in... Uh, just getting caught up in other people's ideas, you know. And interestingly, um, if you get a chance to watch that documentary, there's a, uh, there's a whole series of episodes about Osho, Bhagwan Rajneesh and his followers. What's interesting about all of that is that uh, although they promoted a particular way of living, a righteous way of living and a loving way of living and all the good that was in that, they were a little bit screwed up um, and they kind of got lost, and I think he got lost inside his own ideals as well. Uh, even though, like, I like listening to his stuff because it makes a lot of sense to me. But uh, I think he perhaps got caught up in uh, the righteousness of, of his vision, you know. And certainly his uh, secretary, um, uh, Sheila was her name, she got caught up in it too. And as a result, then it fell apart, you know through controversy and through fighting and stuff but uh, ultimately as much as words hem us in they can also free us from from our ideas of what's right and wrong you know and uh, this I've got a copy of the bible in my bedside locker and uh, I don't open it too often but I do sometimes read it and it's remarkable to me how the words in that book have people's uh, they they free people from the fucking tyranny of their own minds, and they also imprison people 
you know and our belief in those words like um there is truth in words but you got to go a bit deeper and i think you've got to go the only way you can go deeper is when you're on your own because when you join together with other people under you know uh, a need to promote an idea an idea represented in words in a book you you get lost you lose what it is those words are trying to say and the the, the more you try and push an agenda the more you try and push the ideology of the words in the book like the bible well the more people become lost because they become lost in the words and they, they can't find the fucking truth you know this is what happened in ireland with religion the catholic church took over when the brits left and uh, ruled with impunity because the people believed so much in this god that was represented by the catholic church when you take an idea and you institutionalize it, you lose the truth of it. Absolutely. If Now, it can be a force for good, but eventually that force for good will destroy itself. That's the nature of things. You know, look at a tree. If you look outside your window and you spend 12 months looking at a tree, you'll see how it grows and dies. How there are uh, periods of growth and then periods of decline you know and um that's the same case with humanity and books like the bible and the quran and other biblical texts and ancient texts do have a, a, a do have significant truth buried in the words but they're only there to point you in the right direction they were never written or put together to be to become an ideology that you and I should follow and devote our lives to because you you never get to it. You never get to the heart of it. The words the words are, are incomplete. They're never sufficient. They can only go, hey, look at that over there. You know? You don't invest yourself in the word fucking jam. You know? You can't spread the word jam on your bread. You can only you can only eat the fucking stuff in the jar, you know? On your crackers and stuff, your toast. You know, marmalade, if you want to call it marmalade. Or for my American friends, it is, of course, jelly. And there we go, you know. It's the same stuff, but you've got a different word for it. In jam, in in um, the north of Ireland, uh, it's known as conserve, or more, in certain parts of the northern Ireland, they call, they call it scones, they call them scones, you know. We call them scones. <laughs> same thing. But you can never find yourself... You'll never find salvation. You'll never find the truth in words alone. You've got to be able to look beyond the words and let them direct you towards something. And therein lies the inadequacy, you know. And uh, people people devote themselves to one man. It's, it's, it's inevitably men, isn't it? Look down through history. Who do people follow? These guys, these blokes with ideas about how you and i should live our lives and uh all of this stuff is connected for me i know i started off talking about the word fuck i'm still talking about words words are the expression of ideas and ideas are always i think uh, rooted in uh, the positive intent to bring about a better world but when we institutionalize them People get lost. Stupid people follow these words and the words of men. Men who want to experience power of bringing all these people together. I couldn't give a fuck about bringing people together. I really couldn't. 
That's not my ambition. I couldn't care less. I just write and talk about what I want to write and talk about. And if you choose to put your email address in there and listen to some more or read the stuff that I write, well then great. I don't want, I don't want fucking, I don't want fans. Why do I want that? It's not important. If you like my stuff and you like to read it, well then happy days, you know. Um, and the biggest problem comes, like, you look at, and it, it happens in business, it happens in creativity, you know, we, we, someone comes to the fore, someone with influence finds material from someone else and goes, hey, everyone should check this out. Then everyone checks it out and then falls in love with the material, right? And then they create this idea of, of the person, or they create this picture, this script, this this image, this something in their minds of what it is they're reading and who it was is behind it. And it's flawed. It's never accurate. You never. It's like uh, celebrities, you know, Mu- uh, pop stars and uh, uh, cultural icons and all this kind of stuff. People build us this idea up about who they are, but they never get to it, you know. They read about them and then they form this notion in their minds and it's all bullshit. And likewise with uh, the stuff that you read in the Bible about Jesus Christ and all of these pe- other people in the Bible. Like, it's fucking metaphor, guys. You know? It's all metaphor. It's all analogy. It's all stories in order to point you towards something else. When a kid goes, you know, what's that over there, Dad? Or Mom? What's that? Look at that. And you look over and you're trying to figure out what it is. And and they're going, ooh, look at that. It's like they're fascinated with the thing, you know? And uh, then you give it a word and they learn the word and they form an idea and then that's representative of the word and blah, blah, blah. But nobody needs a guru. Nobody needs a fucking religious ideology. No one needs a scientific ideology. And you can see it in science. Students of science and philosophy and psychology and physics and chemistry, they become so engrossed in the words, the terminology, the uh, ideology that's that's formed around the discipline that they get lost in it and they fucking believe in it they believe in it i'm a scientist now you know it's bullshit you cannot ever get to the bottom of it and words are completely inadequate they never will and that's why our universe continues to expand because that consciousness that is you and me can never get to the nub of it it'll always be always be expanding never ending you'll never get there and to believe that science or religion or some other thought system has the answer is naive. And it limits us from understanding the nat- true nature of our existence and who we are. And that nobody needs anybody come together and work and do things that are good for other people. But don't invest yourself and wear the uniform. It's like nationalism, socialism, all this fucking bullshit. People assigning themselves to a flag. Like, come on, a fucking flag. A piece of cotton flapping around in the wind with stars and stripes on it. Or or, or the British flag, the Union Jack, or the Irish flag. And people standing up for nationalism because this is who I am, you know? It's bullshit. It causes so much conflict in the world because what I believe, because the words that I use are so righteous, you know? And the words that you use are so devilish and obscene to me so let's wipe them out of it and then clever people use that insanity to leverage to get what they want you know 
like weapons suppliers and weapons manufacturers um, leverage our nationalism and the words of the Quran and the Bible to the NRA in the States to uh, exaggerate and inflame passions around ideas all connected to words all connected to our our beliefs you know they're so restrictive it's such bullshit nationalism socialism communism consumerism capitalism it's all bullshit people invest so much time into these ideas and the words behind these ideas society gets lost and we we limit ourselves you know but i think all of this is uh is just symptomatic of the nature of humanity and where we are at the moment because it's it's a it's a natural progression i think we have moved on i think we have progressed but uh i think this is a period where humanity is lost you know lost in its own bullshit lost in its own fucking bullshit how's that grab you and it's going to take a period for us to grow out of that but i think this particular mode of thought of human beings that we're currently witnessing is so destructive that we'll ultimately do ourselves in you know we don't believe ourselves to be part of the environment we believe ourselves to be separate from us that we're just dropped down here and, and we're, now everything we do is a fight you know survive, fight to survive we're caught in this time and space reality where uh, we're going to die someday and we've got to leave a planet for everyone that comes behind and we don't we don't understand that we're just aspects we're we are just the expression of something that we can't ever know at least from this perspective from this physical standpoint and words are a part of that language is a part of that jays i'm fairly going on a bit aren't i about this where did i start i started with, with the word fuck and why uh i wonder why people get so caught up like if you're if you've got a problem Obviously, if you have listened this far into this episode, you haven't got a problem with me saying fuck because I say it all the time. But if you have listened this far into it and you do have a hang-up about it, well, fuck you. And seriously. Well, obviously, if you've made it this far and you're still listening to me, well, perhaps you feel that your thought around the word is a little bit irrational and that you have to maybe get over it a little bit. And uh, I think you should. But I think these words have a place because they're they're meant to kind of push people into positions where they have to reassess, you know. And uh, I was listening to, uh, uh, let me see, I have to get the name of this chap. I was listening to The Stinging Fly. And The Stinging Fly is uh, a book um, uh, that's published uh, monthly, I believe, in Ireland here uh, of short stories and poems and stuff like that. And one in particular... Um, uh where yeah here we are one in particular i was listening to recently and i kind of i kind of just it kind of shook me up a little bit because um it's it's a contemporary short story and it's real life stuff i suppose you could say and uh colin keegan on the stinging fly i'll, I'll include a link in the article uh narrates this uh this short story and some of the language in it is kind of evocative you know what i mean and it makes you think but um like I was told in my writing class recently, that you got to use language, bad language because it's a natural uh, part of uh, human interaction currently. But it was kind of shocking, right? Colm Keegan reads Sean O'Reilly, and it's a story called The Cavalcade. Uh, and uh, you should check it out. You should check it out. I'll include a link, like I said. But uh, 
I'm kind of like my own ideas around language and words are changing, um, and I don't believe that I don't believe that they should uh, stop us from writing. I think we hold back when we don't use it, and I I'm, I'm fuck that. You know what I mean? I probably used it more times in this episode than I've used it anywhere before, but uh, so be it. The episode is about the word fuck and other pleasantries, you know. So. Anyway, I think I've said all I've gone, I've gone, I'm going to say on this, but you get the picture. Um, what do you think? Let me know. Maybe drop me a message on. If you're listening on Anchor, uh, you can drop me a message. No bother. Uh, give us a review on iTunes if you like what you're listening to. Post a comment on the site larrygmaguire.com, or uh, give it an L share. Yeah, I'm on Twitter most of the time, so hit me up there if you wish at larrygmaguire. And uh, that's it for now. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, if you want to read the article associated with today's episode, get over to larrygmaguire.com and do so. You've been listening to the Daily Larb episode number... I don't know. What episode is it? Ooh, let me see. I think I'm on 146. Yeah, 146. And uh, that's it for today. Uh, love you to join me over at larrygmaguire.com. Sign up, subscribe. I'll send it to your inbox every week. And uh, if you'd like to uh, sponsor me in my work, get over to patreon.com forward slash Larry G. McGuire. So uh, that's it for now. Until the next time, I shall see you later. Uh, take it easy. Have a good weekend. What's, rest of, what, what's left of it? Okay, good luck. Bye.